0: I thought about recording an episode a couple of days ago that felt a little hot takey, uh, and that episode was going to be about why I think Wisconsin basketball could win the Big Ten, and then Purdue lost, and it felt a little, almost a little too prescient. Um, but then Wisconsin won yesterday, and won in a fashion that I think says a lot about why I think this Wisconsin basketball team can win the Big Ten, and why. I'm not the only one who thinks so. Um, That is today's episode here on the Scani six pack podcast. Uh, Thank you once again for listening or watching on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube while you're hanging around here, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a kind comment, a kind review five stars helps other people. Enjoy the show helps us keep creating some, some good badgers, Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Uh, wherever we may need to go in these here, Wisconsin sports content, because this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things, Wisconsin sports. And I want to talk about Wisconsin defeating Ohio state. um, First of all, and then I want to talk about why I believe Wisconsin can win the big 10. Wisconsin basketball defeated Ohio state last night by, a decent margin, an 11 point game. Uh, it wasn't necessarily an 11 point victory throughout, didn't exactly feel that way. Um, but it was a convincing enough victory in the sense that it convinced me that I do know what this Wisconsin Badgers basketball team is. Um, because I think that many times, College basketball is a little fickle in that we see teams on a week-to-week basis. Their performance goes up and down. We're not exactly sure what the team is, and maybe the team really does change. The team is something entirely different, like the Wisconsin basketball team we saw last November, December, a little bit of even January uh, of 2022-2023. And then we saw something completely different as that team kind of unraveled down the stretch through Big Ten play, became something else entirely in in March in the NIT, um, and then showed us its colors once again as the Wisconsin basketball team that we all thought that it was uh, in the NIT semifinals. But this performance against Ohio State convinced me that I know what this Wisconsin Badgers basketball team is. This is a team that has some defensive struggles, but this is a team whose offense Absolutely makes up for those defensive struggles. And the hope, in my opinion, is that with the pure talent that is on this team, in experience, athleticism, knowledge, you're going to be able to create enough offense, night in, night out. But with the coaching acumen of one Greg Guard this team will be good enough defensively when it needs to be to get through the big 10 and, and to make some real damage um and i think last night's performance was a really really solid encapsulation of that where the game started with ohio state going on a 7 of 9 shooting run from the floor not great you don't want to allow teams to to shoot that hot against you but at that point in the game even though Ohio state was shooting seven of nine. And you might think in past years, oh, Wisconsin, you know, last year, especially oh, Wisconsin can't generate any offense. They're shooting seven of nine early. This could get bad in a hurry at that point in time. Although it's obviously a small sample size. So it's early in the game, but it was eight minutes into the game. Wisconsin only trailed by four while allowing Ohio state to shoot seven of nine and, and Jamison battle got off to a really, really hot start. The, the transfer from Minnesota into Ohio state. And then, over the course of the half, pretty quickly thereafter, the Badgers brought Ohio State back down to 500 shooting, and Wisconsin even ended up outshooting Ohio State, not just for the game overall, but by the end of the first half, Wisconsin was outshooting Ohio State from the floor. It was an impressive turnaround on defense, and Greg Gard even said, um, I don't know if he said this at halftime or he said this, he said after the game that he told the team this at halftime, that... They took a look back at, you know, we got we to gotta tighten up a little bit defensively. And that's been what he has said after most games this season. Um, I think he knows that's where this team is struggling the most, uh, you know, from the, the most being one of two ends of the court. Um, but even though this team was, you know, struggling a little bit defensively through the half, this team generated offense to overcome that. AJ Storr, who is just a revelation for this Wisconsin basketball team. It, truly, truly a different talent that we have seen on a great guard roster. At maybe any time. Um, you, you can think back to that the first roster he took over when Bo Ryan retired midseason. And I don't like. You could say great players like Nigel Hayes was on that team, Bronson Koenig was on that team, but none of those guys come close to resembling exactly what AJ Store is and does for this team. He had 17 points last night, 15 of them in the first half. He had 15 of Wisconsin's 35 first half points. And the Badgers rely on him, they rely on him. He has a tw- um, an above 28% usage rate. And according to Ken Pom, he is sixth in the Big Ten in offensive rating among all players with a 28% or greater usage rate on possessions. That's that's very, very impressive. He's a high usage player who gets the job done uh, when the Badgers need it most. And high flying athleticism, the monster dunk at the end, which if... Wisconsin was playing Michigan. Maybe that handshake line ends a different way. But really, just impressive stuff from AJ Store and making up for a hobbled Stephen Crowell. Stephen Crowell came into the game, was listed on the uh, Big Ten official injury report as out for the game a couple hours ahead of tip. Uh Badgers officials clarified. No, he's just questionable. Sounds like he knocked knees with someone. Craig Guard said after the game, they went and looked at the tape, but couldn't see exactly where uh that bruise came from. It's it's officially a a knee contusion on that left leg. Uh Stephen Crawl was wearing a brace, but give it a go. He looked a little, little hobbled here there, but really, really, you know, solid performance. Nonetheless, you ended up finishing the game with with five points and um gave you know an opportunity, him him meaning a little bit, gave an opportunity to Nolan Winter, who came in and had um five points, or came in and had seven points himself, five of them in the first half. And Steven Crowell, who had zero points in the first half, and is the highest player by offensive rating, according to Ken Palm, with at least 20% or greater usage rate. Wisconsin being able to, you know, weather that storm in my opinion is is very very impressive um whether that's storm zero points from Stephen Crowell in the first half one of the players that team relies on the absolute most uh and Wisconsin leading by two at the half uh that's you you really love to see that um <laughs> the second half comes along and you know it's it's a back and forth game but for for a while and if if you follow me or the podcast on Twitter, uh the website formerly known as Twitter at Scotty Sixpack or myself at Kedrick Stumbrus, one of the things that I think this team has been missing, and I understand why this team is missing it, is that it's missing a little bit of Max Klesmet on the offensive end of the of the court. Um, he is full-time this team's number one defender, defending this the, the the opponent's number one guy, and so he's exhausting a lot of his energy on the on the defensive end of the court, um, which has sapped away a bit of his offensive contributions. Fortunately, AJ Store does does plenty to make up for those. But I said about midway; it feels like it was around midway through the second half, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, for as great as the Badgers have been this season, especially in offense, Max Klesmith's scoring is definitely missing from this team. He was one of five from the field at that point in the game and it was O of two from three. He'd only scored two points. His effective field goal percentage on the season coming into last night was down nearly 10% and effective field goal percentage is weighted more highly for made threes. And that field goal percentage is largely down because he had not been sinking shots that he was taking from Dean. And then Max Klezman goes in as soon as I fire that off. Draws fouls on back-to-back possessions. Hits four consecutive free throws. Okay. Then he goes and nails three consecutive threes? Like the exact thing that I had been saying was missing from this team. Max Klezman offense, specifically his three-point offense. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, uh, this DJ does take requests by Zell Cash App or Venmo, I guess. If you want me to tweet some negative things about your favorite player, uh, we'll make something happen, I suppose. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Max Klesmet has 18 points on the night. 18 of them in the second half. Goes six of six in the stripe. Two of four from deep. Uh it an outstanding performance. And it, listen, this team isn't going to get 18 points night in, night out, uh, for Max Klesmet. But if you can get half that, you know, even not even half that, if you can get seven points a night for Max Klesmet, that this team is elevated. Uh, this team is absolutely going places. And that's really spectacular. I, I think another great thing about this team is you, you saw a little bit of, of Connor Asijin in this game too. He had eight minutes on the night, five of them in the first half, uh, where he shot two two threes. They you know, he comes in and they draw plays for Connor Asijin and hit a three on one of them. And if you can just get a little spark off the bench when you need him the most from Connor Ashejin, that's great. I think I'd like to see him get, you know, five points a game. Um, you know, that eight minutes. Feels about right. Maybe tick that up to 10-11. Uh, I, I think would give this Wisconsin team a little bit of an edge, but you gotta be you gotta be sinking shots, gotta be basically automatic if you're gonna come in and, and make those. And you know, one of two for the night is a good mark. Um or sorry, he was one of three from the night. He did get um a shot in the second half, grabbed a couple of rebounds. Good enough. Um I think one guy in on the team that has you know, maybe disappeared in the background just a little bit is John Blackwell. I, I don't think there's been enough data points here in the, in the Big Ten play to really think about it too much, considering how how solid his performance was in the, in the non-league portion of the schedule, but um, maybe something to monitor. And then Chucky Hepburn, I thought I had a little bit of an up and down night. I, I had mentioned on the website, formerly known as Twitter during the game, that I thought he had gotten blown by a couple of times, a couple of times because... He was trying to be really aggressive and, and get a steal, which which are good. That's a good with the bad with Chucky Hepburn, right? He's one of the most effective pickpockets in the history of this Wisconsin basketball program. Um, so you take the good with the bad there. He he is a solid defender, but um you know, he had four assists in the in the first half, but didn't record another one in the second half. Uh that's a little bit odd for him, I would say. Finished with seven points, which is good. It's not that four assists is bad, too, right? It's that you kind of expect that to be a little bit more sticky into the second half, but if that doesn't happen, hey, it doesn't happen. Um, Just a little bit of an up-and-down game for Chucky Hepburn. Nothing to really worry about. I've been impressed with his performance, but. Uh, Coming up this week on the show, we're going to be previewing Packers Cowboys tomorrow, uh, and then after that, I think the next episode, will be in your feed on Tuesday of next week, not Monday, because I might have a little bit of a, let's just call them travel plans going on. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, And those travel plans may or may not be made a little bit easier, uh, in part thanks to our friends over at TickPick. Uh, where you should be buying all of your tickets if you are going to you know, a Wisconsin men's basketball game, Green Bay Packers playoff game. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing me dreadfully try to wink. Oh my goodness. Um, but if you're going to a game, you should use Pick because you'll never pay hidden fees. Tick-Pick doesn't believe in hidden fees. And if you find a better price on a different ticket-selling app, TickPick's going to refund you 110% of the difference in credit toward your next purchase. If they're a great price freeze feature, which I'd love to use, uh, plus if you use my link in the podcast description, in this YouTube description, uh, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order. So click that link, uh, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K in the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, never pay hidden fees on tickets ever again the lowest prices for all of your tickets through the rest of this college basketball season. And hopefully through the rest of what is a fun Packers playoff run. Um. All right. So can Wisconsin basketball win the big 10? I think so. Um, And I think so because. I think their number one competition is weaker than expected. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I want to get into that here. So obviously the number one competition for Wisconsin in the Big Ten is going to be Purdue. And Purdue has taken two losses already, both of them in Big Ten play. And Purdue didn't take its second loss of the season last year until February fourth. So we're at a little bit of a different juncture. Um, but this team isn't playing that differently. And and cards on the table. I need to watch more Purdue film to to really get this take off uh, off off the ground a little bit more. But this Purdue team is, you know, playing at a little bit of a quicker pace for the season. You know, for, for all the people that you know criticize Greg Gard and say you can't you can't win the Big Ten playing at a slow pace, even though Greg Gard has done that multiple times. You can't get to the tournament playing at a slow pace. You can't be a nationally relevant program, uh playing at a slow pace. Purdue did all that. Purdue played you know, just a little bit quicker last season. They were 324th in adjusted tempo per Ken Palm last season. Um, now they're playing it far more brisk pace. I wonder if that is a coaching decision by Matt Painter because of, you know, last year, he had quite a few inexperienced freshman guards playing significant minutes on his roster. Now he's got a little bit more uh, of experienced guard depth. Um, But they still, you know, get into the lane, let Zach Eadie do his thing get a lot of assists so they don't necessarily play with guys who are just out there getting their own buckets maybe that's part of you know some some variance there but they've been effective at it they go up they grab rebounds they defend really hard they hold teams to a low effective field goal percentage they are good perimeter defending team um however they are allowing teams to shoot more threes per field goal this this season per field goal attempt so teams are getting more three-point attempts off this season per possession than last season there might be some some noise maybe that or sorry maybe that's noise maybe there's some signal in there um they're also allowing teams to get more assists per field goal made this season so they're allowing more three-point attempts but they're also letting teams get more assists when they do make buckets and I don't know if those buckets are coming inside or outside again. I got, I got to watch more of the tape. Um, a little bit of the difference in Zach Edy's game is he was absolutely dominant on the glass. Like if, if Zach Eady was going up for a rebound, he was coming down with it, um, last season. And those numbers are down a little bit this year. Um, they're going to take down just because of how, you know, ridiculous he was last year. I, I don't necessarily pin that on anything other than, you know, regression to the mean regression to a, not even the mean, just like a non-superhuman number. Um, but Zeki is also getting to the field goal, or sorry, getting to the free throw line more. His shooting percentage is up, making more buckets from the field. It's not a ton there. Their guards, at least on paper, seem to be playing, if not you know a similar level, better. I, I don't know. I don't I don't get exactly the thing that's going on with this Purdue team right now. Um, but with the losses that Purdue has taken and the wins that Wisconsin has racked up now, four and in the Big Ten, uh, for the first time since I believe it's the 2012 13 season, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Purdue are all currently projected by Ken Palm to finish in a three way tie atop the Big Ten. At a, with a 15 and five record in league play. So for whatever's going on with Purdue and it's not even that there necessarily is anything going on with Purdue. Um, It could just be that they took a couple of weird losses and that's going to happen. And Wisconsin is going to take a weird loss here and there. And so maybe that takes them out of this big 10 race, but it is Wisconsin's kind of race to knock themselves out of at this point. And I think this three-way tie idea that is the current projection really does build into the idea that that I spoke about on this show last week where I said my expectations for this team has moved from hoping to finish as one of the top four teams in the Big Ten to expecting this team to finish as one of the top four teams in the Big Ten. Uh, I think that's really outlined by that three-way tie, uh, which Ken Palm currently projects at the top of the Big Ten with Wisconsin, Purdue, and Illinois. Um, the way Purdue has lost games so far in the Big Ten tells me a little bit about how this Wisconsin team can take advantage of Purdue. And Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin has to play um, Illinois only once this season. But Wisconsin does draw Purdue twice, which is a little bit tough. And Wisconsin plays Illinois in the third to last game of the regular season. Wisconsin plays Illinois at home and then hosts Rutgers and then goes to West Lafayette. A little bit of a a tough stretch to end the season, although Rutgers is pretty dreadfully awful on offense, but they actually have a good defense. Like if you are watching Wisconsin basketball last season, you think, oh, great. Another team that has bad offense, but good defense. No, this, this record scene this year is something different, <laughs> something different entirely. <laughs> um, but the way Purdue has lost games this year. First, when Purdue lost Northwestern before Christmas, it happened because a uh, uh, Northwestern's backcourt went off. Uh, Boo-booey. Northwestern's you know scoring point guard went off for 31 points, fantastic performance. Um, and then both of Northwestern's, you know, starting wing players had 20 plus points that being an overtime game. So a little bit inflated, but yeah, that was, that was because of the backcourt that Northwestern won that game when Purdue lost to Nebraska earlier this week on the wing, um, Naga had 19 points. He's really, really good. And then it wasn't just on the wing. It was also in the front court. Uh, Bradley transfer or rank mass. Northwestern's, or sorry, Nebraska center had 18 points versus Zach 15 points in that game. And so what's interesting there in kind of outdueling Zach Eady, a little bit in the front court, is mast, mast, uh, however you say it. I believe he's Norwegian. He is two inches shorter than Steven Crowell. Weighs about the same based on how they're listed. And so I, I said earlier in the show, right? Steven Crowell, among all players who have a 20% or higher usage rate in the Big Ten, Steven Crowell has the highest offensive rating of all of them. All of them. Um, so I think that's a performance Stephen Crowell can replicate, but obviously you got to get him on a good night and hopefully that kind of knee bruise doesn't linger. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't play Purdue until Purdue comes to the Kohl center on February 4th. So Badger's have a little bit of time to get healthy, but it kind of tells me that I, I think all these things tell me, Purdue is still vulnerable to getting eaten up in the backcourt because they they still are fairly young there. And these fairly young defenders on the wing will have to deal with somebody like an A.J. Store when they play Wisconsin. And then, you know, another recipe is get a great, great, great night from your center. And Stephen Crowell can give you that. And according to Ken Palm right now, Wisconsin is favored in every individual game from here until the last game of the season where Wisconsin is underdogs at Purdue. So this is a team that can win the Big Ten. Obviously going to have to get a couple things to break your way, but this Purdue team, I don't even necessarily think they're any more vulnerable than last season and yeah you'll you'll hear some people say oh of course they were like if they're just as vulnerable as last season they're plenty vulnerable they lost to a 16 seed. they lost to fairly dickinson it's basketball stuff happens that team was dominant throughout last year didn't look like anybody could beat it <laughs> didn't look like anyone was going to beat it except for that rutgers team um in in early january so Wisconsin basketball season is going to be fun. Going to be fun. Uh, Wisconsin plays Northwestern at home on Saturday. And then, of course, the Packers will play at 325 in Arlington, Texas. Um, So stay tuned to the podcast as we preview the Packers-Cowboys playoff game uh, tomorrow. And we'll be back in your feed after that on tuesday to hopefully talk about a green bay packers win a divisional round playoff trip to san francisco which does not sound fun um but hey if the packers get there then again it's all gravy icing on the cake uh so thank you as always for listening to today's episode of the scotty six-pack podcast you can get all things Wisconsin sports by listening to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice or watching on YouTube. While you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button helps other people find the show. If you're listening, subscribe, follow, leave a nice review, five stars, kind comments helps us get more eyes, ears on the show, do great things for you. Uh, so once again, I am Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me at Kedrick Stumbrus on the website, formerly known as Twitter and the podcast at scony six pack for the latest in Wisconsin sports on Wisconsin.